Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to makingauthenticfriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 94. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you have been listening, thank you so much for coming on back. And today's episode, I am just going to hop right into it. If you listened to last week's episode, then you heard me talking about our family's recent experience having coronavirus. And I had mentioned on that episode that when it rains, it pours. And honestly, coronavirus was like the tip of the iceberg with everything that we were dealing with. And I said, I was like, oh, I'll share that at a later date. Well, today's the day. <laughs> I'm share all that um, with my guest, uh, my sister, Melissa, which you have been, if you have listened to this podcast before, then you maybe have heard the episodes that I've done with her because she's been on several. But Melissa is my my sister she is my best friend in the whole world she is the most incredible attentive amazing aunt to my kids and we just have a a bond that is truly beyond words and just a few weeks ago during all this crazy corona times melissa actually suffered a a massive seizure and we found that she has a had i should say at this point a very large brain tumor that did turn out to be malignant. So she has brain cancer. This is shocking. It was shocking to find out. It's honestly still shocking to say it. And we decided to do this episode today. Obviously, you know, this show is typically about autism and parenting autism and all things autism. And this is a little bit different. But this episode, I think, is so important because A, even though this is not typically what we talk about in this show. There are so many things that she's going to say today in this episode that I know people are going to relate to. She talks about her mental health. She talks about fertility. She talks about this, this crazy, you know, medical journey that she's been on that just started and seems like we are, we've just been on this roller coaster for these past few weeks. And honestly feels like years. <laughs> it's only been a few weeks. Um, but this episode is super, super honest, raw, uncut. She literally would not let me edit anything. <laughs> so <laughs> this is definitely, uh, it's a doozy and it's a long one too. So buckle up. And honestly, when I listen back to this episode, I, what I really love the most about it is that, you know, obviously Melissa has brain cancer and even just saying that is like so scary to even use those words. 
Um, but if you listen to just her heart and her, the person she is on this show, it just like comes through so clearly. She is feisty and stubborn and kind and soft hearted and humorous. And that all comes through her and I laugh a ton, which we always laugh a ton, but especially like, you know, when you're talking about brain cancer, you wouldn't necessarily think you'd be laughing, but Melissa has just such an amazing sense of humor about everything. So knowing her, it's honestly not surprising, but I'm, I'm just so glad that, that she is sharing her story. And like I said, this is not my typical subject. And if you are a listener to the show and you're, you know, here to listen to autism content, I get it, but I really think that this is going to be I think you're going to really get something from the show. Uh, But honestly, one of the main reasons why we did this today is because we have so many friends and family who we're trying to keep up with and making phone calls and texts and everything. And it's just hard to keep up with everybody. So we were like, you know what, let's just do this episode. So we have like one place to direct everybody to. And this is like very detailed, the kind of the whole story from start to finish. So I do have some good news to report. On this episode, you'll hear us talking about her her brain surgery that we recorded this on Sunday. It is now Tuesday night. She had that brain surgery this morning, and it was very successful. Her surgeon called me right after, and he was able to remove 90% plus of her tumor, which is what he said to me. We are honestly just waiting on another MRI for them to do tomorrow just to check the margins. But he said that it truly went as as well as he could have hoped for it too. So that was really, really amazing news. Obviously, that was just this morning. So she's still really groggy and out of it and recovering from surgery. She still has, you know, a, a battle ahead of her. Uh, but again, when you listen to this episode and you get, you know, just a feel for the person she is and that feistiness in her I just, I just know she's going to be okay. She's going to, she's going to recover from all of this. So thank you so much to everyone who has been following along. If you follow me on social media, then you probably saw this. I did post about it the other day after she had shared it and just the outpouring of love and support from obviously our family and friends, but this, this community in particular, my listeners of Adventures in Autism, the fact that I have gotten so many messages and emails from people all over the world that are praying for her and thinking about her. I mean, this has just been like so incredible and she has really felt all that love and support. I have read her so many of your messages and her and I are both in tears and we are just so very thankful for everybody just rallying around her. And honestly, I know that that is going to help her so, so much on this road to recovery. So with that being said, I'm going to get to the episode. Like I said, it's a long one. Um, but thank you so much for listening. And the one more thing we do mention at the end of this, Melissa was kind of back and forth on whether she wanted us to set up a GoFundMe for her, but she decided to let us do that, thankfully. (laughs) So the GoFundMe is live. If you feel so inclined to donate, we would be so appreciative. Do not feel obligated in any way. That's her biggest thing. She just doesn't want anyone to feel obligated. Uh, but every little bit helps and we are, we are so, so grateful. So I'm going to, I'll be sharing that link. So if you follow me on social media, go ahead and find it there. Um, but prayers 
are always appreciated. So prayers, well wishes, healing vibes, positive thoughts. We love it all. Uh, okay. I promise that's really the at then. Okay. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode with my sister, Melissa. I found out a long time ago. You got to learn to say yes when life says no. Don't dwell on the bad times once they're past. That kind of thing gets you nowhere fast. Cause there ain't no mountain you can't climb. If you hang on tight and just make up your mind. Once you set your heart to moving on. Then there ain't no road too long. All right. I am sitting here with my lovely guest. I'm going to say your guest this time. Usually I call you a co-host. Yeah. My guest is Melissa Mitchell, my sister. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for Thank being you for here. Thank you having me back. You're welcome. I'm happy to have you back. I actually, the next day I was like never having you back. <laughs> um, that- well, we recorded like several episodes, I feel like back to back, like right in the beginning of quarantine. And I was like, I think we've, we're done now. Well, apparently you got some feedback that I, I am the best guest. I got some feedback. Maybe That's not the best true. guest, but I'm definitely people, people liked it. I mean, I'm not surprised. Got a lot of fans out there. Um, so yeah, so we wanted to do this episode Wait, today. Should we talk about our song? Oh, oh, sorry. That was the classic for, or from the 1985, I just upped this all up. No, do not start over. <laughs> Can we start it back? No, no, no. Okay, fine. We're still going. All right, I'll I'll go. talk. I'll I'll take that out. No. Okay. No, there. There's no editing here. No, this is we raw. don't know. This we is... don't. This is raw, uncut Howard Stern style. Okay. We're just going for it. Okay, so that song is from the 1985 classic "Follow That Bird," directed by Jim Henson, I believe. It is one of our very favorite childhood movies, and I absolutely love that song, and I love the message, and I play it all the time she sings on YouTube it all the time. for Megan's kids, and I love the message, and I was singing it today, and uh, it's just like this is you know, the perfect song to open the episode about. If you haven't listened to the other episodes that Melissa's been on, you should. We always start with a song because her and I are nerds and we like to sing. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) most people would hear that and just be like, what is wrong with those two? But I think it's amazing. We have no shame or very little shame. I I have absolutely zero shame. Megan has a little more shame than I do. Like maybe 1%. But not very much. Um, Especially now. I I really have no shame. I have zero shame. I've gotten real personal and that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, we're getting personal. But we decided to do the song because I had so many people tell me how much they've enjoyed Melissa's episodes and how much they enjoyed our singing. So mm-hmm. there you go. You're welcome. Yes. Um, but this episode today, Melissa is my guest because although we are not going to talk about autism, we are going to talk about Melissa's recent diagnosis. Oh my God. Well, I'm not going to even say crying. it right now. Oh, geez. This is going to be emotional. This is going to be a, a tough one. But um, not not necessarily just for, for listeners of this podcast, although you guys have been incredibly and amazingly supportive, and there's I told her today, there's people literally all over the world praying for her at this point, which is why I wanted to kind of share a little more. I've gotten a lot of questions. Melissa's got a lot of questions. So this is just going to be a good place to kind of direct our family and friends to that maybe we haven't been able to talk to on the phone. Um, but also just listeners of the show, cause you guys are all so amazing and supportive. So, um, yeah, Melissa, if you don't follow me on social media, you may not have seen this. Um, I'm going to let her kind of take the reins today and sort of tell the story. But basically what we're talking about today is that she just, uh, last week we, we found out 
fact that her, she, we knew she had a brain tumor, um, but we did find out that it was malignant. And so she has a real battle ahead of her and we are all so supportive and positive and hopeful and optimistic for her future because we really do have so much reason to feel that way. Um, but obviously this was shocking to find out Melissa, even right now is like, looks to be in just absolutely fine health. Like yeah, I mean, never... I'm like tearing up now, but like, this is the first time I've cried today. I feel 100% myself, except, um, I have occasional, very, very minor tremors in my left side, but, um, I'm on, like, strong anti-seizure medication. Let's, let's go back, though, so okay. we can kind of explain the whole thing. Okay. So why don't you even give us the backstory of what's been happening in the like, last, like, six months or so? Yeah. So I've, illust- I've elaborated on Megan's podcast before. My entire life, I've suffered from anxiety. Very strong anxiety. Um, Often around medical yeah, issues. Yeah. Medical stuff. Um, I always feared, you know, something like this happening. Um, I've had very bad anxiety since I was a very, very young child and it has followed me my entire life. And I wasn't medicated for anxiety until I was in my early twenties. Um, and I kind of had a mental breakdown actually. And what happened was like, I had an ovarian cyst that burst and I went to the doctor and I had said something like, well, what could this be? Like, what does cysts mean? And she kind of... She said, like, well, sometimes, you know, they're cancerous. And then that kind of, like, set off this whole thing in me where I was positive I had cancer. And then, I mean, I'm going really far back yeah. right now. I mean, but whatever. I mean... We're doing a deep dive. This is my episode. I'm happy to this give it to you. This is a deep dive. Thank take, you. Take the reins. Um, so I was positive I had cancer, and I was, pos- I was positive that I had a brain tumor. I was positive. Because my anxiety was so bad. This was maybe not even early 20s. This was, like, right after high school. No, no. Like. I was, like, 21. Okay. It was a long time which, ago, but it was a really dark which early, time. Which early 20s is often when really bad mental disorders um come into play like men and women often have like if you're gonna have a mental breakdown it's very commonly going to be in your early 20s so I was positive I had a brain tumor um I started experiencing this thing called depersonalization which like I would go into a store and like leave my body um I was just constantly felt like I was not in my body um and it was very she had had like she said, anxiety her whole life. But this was the first time that I really remember seeing her in a state where I was like, I don't even like know how to, how to help you right now. It was, it was, it was, it was very dark. Her, her anxiety really took over and it took a while for you to kind of get back into yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot of very, very, very strong medication. Yes. I and got therapy. I, I didn't do therapy then. Oh, you did therapy before. Okay. Well, yeah. okay. I went to a psychiatrist and he started me on like a very aggressive, I can't even remember. I think it was Zoloft. It, yeah, I think it was Zoloft. At the time. And, you know, he was very aggressive about upping it. And that is truly what saved me. I personally am a big old fan of medication. I'm, I feel like it saved my life many times. Um, and I think mental health is just, if my, like this whole thing for me has been a mental battle. I mean, yes. obviously, it hasn't even been four weeks. No, it'll it'll be the. So I'm having surgery on Tuesday. Long story short, to remove the bulk of my tumor, that will be the three week 
mark since I found out I had a tumor. This has been like a true word. But this whole thing, the mental battle is obvious. An emotional battle is so much bigger than the physical battle. That's how it is. And I mean, I've already had my brain cut into, et cetera. And many, many. Skipping ahead. Sorry. Okay. So basically, anxiety has played a huge role. But, anyways, the whole thing is that I convinced myself I had a brain tumor when I was like 21. And I had an MRI to rule it out. And I'm like, we had terrible insurance. I remember my dad had to pay out of pocket. He was super pissed. Just being honest here. He doesn't remember that. Um, a lot of honesty in this episode. But I remember it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this has been a, this has been a lifelong fear. Um, I have very strong medical anxiety. So cut to probably September of this year. I was, again, going through one of the worst periods of anxiety I've ever had. I recently had, like, or at that time I was experiencing, like, a major job change and I was just sort of going through, like, a personal crisis. She was struggling a lot. I was struggling a lot. I, and I, I wrote this on Facebook, but, like, I am single, but I desperately want to be a mother, desperately want to have a baby. Um, and she's going to? Yeah, One way hopefully. or another. We're um, gonna, but I was just like, baby. oh, my God, I'm 37, and I need to get on this. But I also, you know, I, luckily, so I'm a nanny, um... And basically, like, the kids that I nanny for have outgrown me. And they don't, you know, they're in, like, school full-time. Um, the people that I nanny for and work for are the most amazing people. Both families. That they're are, family. They're, we're all a big family, and I love them so deeply. Um, but I was, you know, just, I could not, I can't find, I couldn't find a job. Still can't. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, looking, looking for a job is... It's stressful. Oh, my God. It's, mm-hmm. it's ungodly, horrible, and the rejection is... I mean, it's akin to like, you know, my all my years of dating, and I'm getting really personal. <laughs> I, I really, I mean, say. I have brain cancer. What do I care? All right, we're just going for broke here. We're just go- when are we not? Yeah, that's true. Long time listeners, no, who heard me? Long time listeners. I said to her before we, I was like, so what do you want to get into? And she's like, if you ask me something too personal, I just won't answer. Yeah, you, you've gotten a hell of a lot more personal than I've been I could get, to. I could get so much so, more yeah, personal. Yeah, she really could. You have no so, idea what I went through. Again, in the hospital. I'm just gonna give her the reins. Um. <laughs> So, so yeah. This is a, again, Anyways, a tough, a tough time. For tough her time for me. Back in like early coinciding fall. with this horrible anxiety and this like personal crisis, I started experiencing what I at first thought was maybe vertigo. I would wake up in the morning, and I would feel like my body was throwing itself off the bed. Like my left leg would kind of shake, and I would just feel like I'm gonna fall off the bed, and I'd have to like grab the right side of the mattress. You did actually fall off the bed a couple times. I didn't fall off the bed. I got up to go to the bathroom and I fell okay. and I could not get up. And but that just, night I almost called 911 because I'm like, this is so weird. But. And she told me about this. And, and I, I told her about it and I was like, oh my gosh, like I Googled this and like it could be MS, it could be a brain tumor. But then it happened really infrequently. Like it would happen like two nights in a row and then it wouldn't happen again for like six weeks. And my anxiety was so high and I have a history of. Anxiety physically manifesting itself in my body in different ways that I really chalk this up to, I think it's just my anxiety. Like, I think it's just my anxiety. It really felt like the appropriate response to that. Like, knowing what you were going through. In addition to the fact that, like, I have terrible medical anxiety. Terrible. And I just kind of 
we kind of grew up going to the doctor only if it was like we lost a limb. Yeah, it was pretty. It was not like we're not like oh gosh, I have a cold. Well, I, I need feel to like go to the all doctor. I do is go to the doctor. Yeah, now Megan. Logan. But I mean, yeah, yeah. When we were as young, adults, it, I mean, I have never, and I was always so proud of this. Like, never had surgery beyond my wisdom teeth. Never been in an ambulance. Never spent the night in a hospital. Like, overall, I've had very minimal medical stuff. Although I just had to, I just had to do this long survey yesterday on the phone, like a pre-op survey. And they asked me like all these questions and they were like, okay, do you have acid reflux? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, do you have sleep apnea? And I'm like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, do you have IBS? And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, so like you have, but I have like some minor, stuff, but it's minor. minor. It's not like yeah. I need to go to the hospital for it. And I wouldn't like, no, you've been like, a, a, your, your been, struggles have been mental. Yes. But you're a healthy yes. person. My mental health has always been a big thing. Um, but yeah, so I mean, these episodes started. You know, I've been to the ER probably three times in my entire life. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, so yeah, so basically, I've been having these weird episodes for probably since September, but they were infrequent. And so, we just kept being like, so it's kind of like, okay, like, yeah, like I was like, if I, if something was really wrong with me, like, it would happen every day. So, cut to May 26th. Yeah. So, if you listen to last week's episode when I talked about us all having COVID, so this was like right when Manny got sick. Um, if you follow me on social media, you would have saw that um, on Labor Day weekend when I was better. Melissa and I Memorial were, Day weekend. I'm sorry. Memorial Day weekend. Melissa and I were outside putting up this pool in our backyard. I mean, like, so that was this Monday. was Monday. So it was like completely business as usual. Everything was completely fine. We put the pool up. We got it all figured out. The next day, that morning, on Tuesday, we were, like, outside playing with the kids. Um, everything, nothing seemed amiss. Like, Logan seemed better from... Actually, I think that day he still seemed a little bit... Like, he had a fever or something. Um, and, like, totally normal day. And then, I don't know, around, like, maybe 2 one one o'clock, 2 o'clock, Melissa's like, I'm gonna go take a nap. Which, you know, quarantine time. Do what you gotta do. Nap time. That was not unusual for her. So I was no. like, all right, go take a nap. Um, so I'll let you take a, back over that. So I took a nap and I woke up and the thing where I felt like I'm throwing myself off the bed, which always happened like when I was waking up, it almost coming out of sleep, coming out of sleep. It almost always happened like in the morning. So I woke up from a nap and it was happening again, but it was different. Like, my mind, uh, I could just, I felt like I was losing my mind. Like, I just felt so separate from my body. And I just started panicking, and I started banging on the window, because I could see my niece, Liliana, was in the pool. I was with her. <laughs> I mean, she, Megan was, like, on a chair on the side of I the pool. I was on the, which we actually, so her, the, her bedroom is, like, right my bedroom. Yes. Yeah, we have, like, a lookout basement, so there's there's windows. Oh, yeah. People don't know that I moved in with you. Melissa moved in. Well, I they moved know, in with her. They know you were staying here all for quarantine, but, yeah like, yeah, like, a month ago or so, she, like, officially moved I in. I officially moved in. So. A lot of it was because I wanted to have a baby, and I yes. wanted my sister's support. And she will still have that. Thanks. Um, um, so, so, I started banging on the window and telling Liliana, like, get mommy, get mommy, and but so. But she was in the pool, and she didn't understand No, but she, happening. like, got you. No, she didn't. Oh. You banged at the window once, and she was like, oh, Ida's saying hi. And then she did it again. And I was like, that's weird. She just banged on the window again. So then I went around, and I could see that she was, like, just in, like, an odd position. Like, her head was almost, like, resting on the windowsill. So I, I, 
I knocked and I was like, are you okay? And this is all like through the window. And she was like, no, something's wrong. I need you to call 911. And I was like, are you having a panic attack? That was immediately what I thought. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I don't know. I can't move. So I like, my phone was still on the chair. So I went and grabbed my phone and I literally punched in like 911 and I get back to the window and I'm like, should I come help you or should I just call the ambulance? And she was like, come down here and help me. So I'm like, okay. So me and Liliana like rush inside her bedrooms downstairs. So we go downstairs and she was laying on the bed in this kind of odd position, like half on the bed, half off. And she was just very, very panicked. And she was like, I don't know what's going on. My leg is shaking. And I, I went to touch her leg, her left leg. And it was very stiff, but not shaking that I could see. And I, I kind of calmed down though, because I was like, I really think she's having a panic, which again, for me, yeah, I mean, for some people, I have panic attacks. For some I people, have really high anxiety. Say, I, but I think when people hear this, they're like, why didn't you freak out more that she's having a panic attack? Because like, it's not uncommon. Yeah. And I have, have Xanax. Yes. So and like, I, it honestly like kind of calmed me down more to see her though. Cause I was like, okay, she's lucid. She was like answering me. She, she did keep saying like, I was like, let me help you sit up. And she's like, no, no I can't sit up. And I'm like, let me just help you. And then she did. And then she's like, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Every time this happens, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, let me help you get to the bathroom. And she's it like, always no, I can't happens when I have a full bladder too. Well, I think that's also, like, a reaction. I don't know. But, so, I'm like, well, let me just help you get up. And she's like, no, no, I can't get up. And I'm like, let me just help you. And everything she said she couldn't do, I helped her. And she was definitely a little unsteady, but we we got to the bathroom. She went to the bathroom, and she's like, I, I think I need a Xanax. And I'm like, okay. So, I, you know, she's prescribed Xanax. I, I get, dig in her medicine cabinet and pull out a Xanax for her. She takes it. And she was, like, loopy. I, you can say what you want to say. I mean, I just remember, like, I was sitting on the toilet, and, um... Like, the shower is to the left of me, and I was just like, I know the shower is here, but I just, like, feel like it's not here. So I said something like that. Like, She's I was like, saying, I feel like this is a room. Yeah, I was being very nonsensical. But I also was thinking, okay, she's disassociating. She's yeah. Like, or depersonalization. Like, I was, like, I, I was really, like, justifying everything she was doing with anxiety, which, like, looking back now... It all makes sense. Yeah, but at I the mean, time, we didn't really think it, I had a tumor. Right. At the time, it really I was like, okay, she's just really having a bad anxiety attack. So and then like, either... And you were also... You were you were saying loopy stuff, but you were also, like, lucid, too. Right. Like, you weren't... She. It wasn't like she was, like, completely out of it. So I'm like, let's try to go upstairs, and we'll, like, get you something to eat. And, of course, she's like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, I will help you. And I... She was a little unsteady, but, like, I helped her up the stairs... Um, we get her to go sit down on the couch. I brought her some crackers. She drank some water. And at that point, you honestly seemed like you were getting better. I was like, how do you feel? And you're like, I think I feel a little better. I had just had like a bathing suit delivered from Amazon. I tried on the bathing suit. I was like, what do you think? And you're like, oh, it's cute. Like it was like, we were kind of having normal conversation. At least that's how it appeared to me. Like you were eating the crackers, drinking the water. Um, maybe like this was maybe like 20 or so minutes later. And then Liliana wanted to go back outside and I was like, do you think I can take her outside? Oh my god, now I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I can't believe you took her outside. I took her outside. But I was like, I, we were right there. You yeah. were still sitting on the couch. And I was like, if you need me, I'm like, just knock on the window again. I mm-hmm. also like, I mean, it's not like my outside is like miles away. Like I was like, I'll yeah. come back in and check on you. So Manny had actually left because he went to get his um, cast taken off. So when, when she had had the panic attack, he wasn't home. And so I was back outside with her. And when he came home... He, I guess he came in to talk to you and then he came outside to say hi to us. And I was like, yeah, Melissa had a really bad panic attack. I'm not sure what to do. And he was like, yeah, I just told her I would take her to the hospital. And I'm like, I, I was going to take her earlier, but I'm like, she seems like she's a little better now. And I was like, let me go back in and check on her. And so at this point I go back in and check on her and I could tell that she was like 
going downhill. Like, she just seemed loopier. Yeah. And this not... is where, like, I don't remember. Yeah. So she kind of lost consciousness at this point. So I'll tell this part of the story. Um, so I, I was, like, realizing that she had taken the Xanax and that it obviously, like, didn't work. Because she was, like, getting loopier and not making sense. And she needed to go to the bathroom. And this time it was, like, I could tell she really had, like, declining motor function. Like, it wasn't just that she was, like, unsteady. It was, like, I was, like, holding her up. Um, and then she was saying how, like, the hallway was, like, super dark, even though we have windows everywhere. So I was, like, this is getting worse. So I said to Manny, I'm, like, I really think I need to take her now. Because I'm, like, she's just not making sense. So I, I sat her down on our, our, she was sitting on our family room couch. I put her on our living room couch. It was like closer to the door. Um, so I was like trying to get like some stuff together so that we could go. And she was kind of stalling. She kept being like, I have to go to the bathroom. I think I have to throw up. Like she was just not making sense and not knowing what she needed. So I basically just like literally picked her up and walked out the door. Like I was like, we just need to go now. So I put her in the car. I like basically throw her in cause she's just not even like able to really stand at that point. And she was still like somewhat functioning. And I knew obviously because of COVID that they weren't going to let me in at the ER. You had been to the ER a week before with Manny. Yeah. I had taken Manny, um, when he hurt his foot again. So back at the ER again. So on, on the way there, I was asking her, I'm like, okay, Melissa, like they're not going to let me in. So I'm not gonna be able to tell them what's going on. So I'm like, what, what are you going to tell them? Like, I'm, you know, tell them that you're having like declining motor function, that you're, had a panic attack and she was like still somewhat lucid, but also like, I'm like, tell them you're nauseous. Cause she kept saying that she had to throw up, but she wouldn't actually throw up. So I was like, just trying to reiterate to her so that she was able to like get these words out. So we were like there, I live like 10 minutes from the hospital. We were almost to the hospital and the, she was talking literally like mid sentence basically. And she stopped talking and she like raised up her arm and I grabbed it because I didn't know what she was going to do. And I could just feel that it was like very, very stiff. And then I turned to look at her and her whole face, like everything shifted to the left side. Like her face like twisted and contorted. And she just started like having this like massive seizure. And she was like convulsing really violently on everything on the left side. So it was like her left leg was convulsing. Her her arm that she had raised was convulsing. And, um, I was like two minutes from the hospital at this point, but obviously like it was terrifying. Wasn't I, just, I filming at the mouth? Not yet. Oh. So she's just convulsing. I'm, I'm trying to talk to her. I'm like, okay, we're like, we're almost there. We're going to get there soon. Melissa, like trying to, she was totally not lucid at all. Uh, and I was like hysterical, but just like trying to get there somewhat safely. Um, and it was just absolutely horrifying and so, so, so scary. And I was like, praying aloud to God, like just get us to the hospital. So I pull into the ER and at this point you had stopped convulsing. And that's when she started like foaming at the mouth and like gurgling. And, but I, but she was like snoring. So she Wasn't passed I bleeding? out when I got, when we, when I went around the side, I saw you were bleeding, but you had, you'd passed out, but you were snoring. So I knew that you were like breathing. So that was like somewhat, you know, like reassuring to me. This is like so horrible. It's horrible. It was like this needs a trigger warning. This episode. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'll put this, I'll put a trigger warning. Insane. In the beginning. Okay. I'm gonna put a trigger. I warning. mean, yes. Obviously, this happened to us, so it's like it so probably feels was... worse. But I mean, oh god. I no. I I've only witnessed one other seizure in my life, and it was when my little one Layla had a, a febrile seizure, so it was far less violent. But I said I was like that witnessing that took years off my life. This took another several years off. This was like so so horrible to witness. 
So we pull into the ER and like I said, she's passed out, but she's like snoring. So I, I run in, I pull up into like the, the roundabout. I run in and I was like screaming. I'm like, and, and again, it's COVID time. So everyone's like, w- like get out of here. But I was like, my sister had a seizure. She's passed out. I need a stretcher. I'm like hysterical. So I, I go around at this point. I hadn't even like looked at her cause I just ran in. So then I go around to see her and I could see that she was like, just like foaming and like drooling all down like her, her neck and her chest. And I realized that she must've bitten her tongue cause there was like blood all mixed in it. So at this point then a nurse came out and the first thing she said was she was like, does she do drugs? Cause like it really would look like you had overdosed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, she doesn't. But I'm like, she does. She has a prescription for Xanax. So she took her Xanax and she had a panic attack. And I was like realizing though, when you had that seizure, like every as terrifying as it was, like everything like clicked into focus. And I was like, she's been having seizures this whole time. Like mm-hmm. those episodes, the vertigo, those were like minor seizures yeah. that have like led up to this moment. So she's completely passed out. These two nurses, one, one is like trying to get her to come to, she's like literally banging it on her chest. I'm like, her name is Melissa. So she's like, Melissa, Melissa. She was kind of fighting her off a little bit. So we knew that she was like, you know, in there, when but did she they say? was, she's dead weight. <laughs> they did say that. They, she had to bring she's another, they had to bring another nurse back up, out. back up. <laughs> the other nurse brought up, we need a bouncer, a club, a, we need a ba- club bouncer. We need a big guy. We need a big guy. So the, the other nurse came out and then the one who was like trying to get her to wake up was like, she's going to be dead weight. So we just need to like basically oh pull God. her with like everything we have, oh my God. which they did. Um, and they just like wheeled her in. I was literally left in the parking lot, just like in complete hysterics and the first thing they were like wait here because we're gonna come talk to you um so I went to I was waiting I called Manny again hysterical told him what happened and he was just like oh my god he's like I'll call your mom so he calls my mom to tell her what had happened and at that point then I can't remember like reception came out was asking questions because they didn't even like know her name like she didn't have her they didn't bring her person like they brought nothing so then then her nurse who had taken her I back I didn't have then. my phone. She had nothing. Nothing. She had nothing. Her nurse who had come back came out and was like, what happened? So then I kind of rehashed this whole story for her and I'm like, you know, she's been having these episodes that we thought were maybe vertigo or anxiety, but now I really think they've been seizures the whole time and like, I don't know what's going on. And again, I'm like completely hysterical. I'm begging for them to let me in. Um, but obviously they wouldn't let me in. They didn't even know this point that I had been positive, although I was, I was recovered at this point but it was still like really it was I had just kind of gotten better a few days earlier um so they were like just wait in your car because we might we might need to talk to you more uh so I go back to my car and my mom calls me and I'm just hysterical to her like just so so scared um and then thankfully like I don't know maybe a half an hour later or so I get a phone call from the hospital and it was Melissa and she was still like completely out of it like she was like Megan where am I and I was like, you ha- you're at the hospital and like you had a seizure in the car. And she was like, where were we going? And I'm like, we were going to the hospital. Like we realized then that she really didn't remember. I just like, like I remember, I mean the last, I don't remember anything from w- being at Megan's house and Megan's husband being like, do you need me to take you to the hospital? And then I, I, I woke up in the ER and I was like, where am I? And they're like, you're at the ER at Sherman hospital. I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, yes, you are. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom really bad. And they're like, we just emptied your bladder. <laughs> like, however they do it. They're like, we just emptied your bladder. So you don't need to go. I'm like, no, I do. I drink so much water. I drink 10 <laughs> hydro flasks a day. So very I'm very hydrated, but I'm like, I have to pee like right now. So I think they must've just brought me a bedpan 
Um, but I, again, I, I'm an oversharer. What, oh, I could get so much. You have no idea. You I do. I think it's so funny because I was like, what's too personal? You're like, I'll just stop you. If it's I mean, I, you have absolutely no idea. This, I... Girl, my go hosp- for it. No, go for it. I won't. I won't get too deep, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. Um, it was insane. So, um, I, yeah, but the, the nurses had these like cordless phones and I remember like the nurse talking to you and I remember you telling me like, should I leave? Should I go home and put the kids to bed? I'm like, yeah, go and put the kids to bed. I'm fine. No, you didn't say that. No, I the swear nurse, I did. No, you were like not making any sense. No, I, the so nurse they gave me... me a lot of Ativan and a lot of something else to take me out of my seizure. Yeah, they gave I don't her, know what like, the other drug was, but, like, I was very drugged up this yeah. whole night. I remember bits and pieces. So, yeah, so the nurse gets back on, and she's like, we're going to take her for a CAT scan. It's going to be a while. So, yeah, why don't you go home? And I was like, okay, I'll put the kids to bed tonight. And I said to her, I was like, do you think she's going to come home tonight? And she was like, I would really like her to, but oh it's, God, like, too early. Oh, my God, that is now hilarious. To tell. It's not hilarious. I was going to say, I it's wouldn't call it hilarious. It's not hilarious. Um, but to no, think, no. It was... This was a horrible, horrible night. Um, so then I, and so she's like, it's too soon to tell. I would like that, but we just don't know. Um, so I, I go home and I go to put the kids to bed. I actually ran to my neighbor like on the way back and I stopped and like cried to her and told her everything. She knows Melissa to their friends. And it was just like, this was all just so traumatic. This was like, I just didn't, I didn't know what was wrong. I felt so out of control. I hated that I couldn't be there. I was just like... I finally did tell them that they needed... I mean, I think they would COVID test you anyway, but I was like, she was exposed because she was at our house. I mean, I was definitely withholding information up until that point. They I was definitely so desperate. still would have tested me. They would have, but I just... I, I was, hadn't told them that you'd been exposed. Yeah. And you were obviously still loopy. Um, so, which they did test her, obviously. Um, so then I go back home and I don't know. This was probably by this time, like almost eight o'clock. And I was just waiting forever to hear back from the CAT scan and I finally called there because you still didn't have your phone Mm-mm. I had your purse so I, that's what I was waiting for is I'm like okay is she gonna stay should I bring her her stuff so I, I called somehow they like tracked you down wherever you were and at that point you sounded more lucid like I heard you talking to the nurse a- answering questions and you were like giving her your birthday giving her your phone number and I was like okay she's obviously like a little more with it now and they had just brought you back from the cat scan okay and they just said that you had a mass on your brain on the the right side mm-hmm. and that's why it's affecting the left side mm-hmm. and they were like we're we're going to take her now for a MRI because the the cat scan they actually didn't even really want to call it a mass at that point they were just like we see something it could be fluid it, it's harder to tell so they were like we're sending her for an MRI and it was just, like, the worst thing to hear, obviously. Like, that was not what I wanted to hear. Um, so, then they took you... Do you remember any of that? Like, going back for the MRI? I mean, I remember them... I know they gave me more Ativan before the MRI. I don't know if I was just... Like, I think it's common to get some sort of... You know, an MRI is very loud and stressful. Um, and so, they gave me more Ativan. I know that for a fact... Um, but I, you yeah, know, I was so out of it. Like I was so in and out. I remember them telling me we found a sizable, I don't know if they said tumor or mass at that point. Everyone kept saying mass. Everyone kept saying point. mass. Um, 
And then they were like, we are going to take you by ambulance to Lutheran General Hospital in Park Ridge, which I actually well, used to volunteer at. First, because then I, I talked to your nurse Wait, again. I have to pee. Okay, we'll, 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 let's, take a, let's take a short let's break. Let's take a short break from and our sponsors. We'll, and we'll come right back. Okay. That's true, yes. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz. And it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT. And I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue. And those are available on Audible as well. But you can pick from any of their titles. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, we're back. Okay. So, no, where we had left off was that before they took you to the other hospital, I talked to the, one of the other nurses, or actually I think this was the ER doctor, after they did the MRI, because again, the CAT scan didn't really show things clearly, but in the MRI, it was clear that it was a mass. And at that point, she did use a name for it. Do you want me to say what she called it? A glioma. A glioma, yeah. So she said, and that's a generic... Did I tell you that I Googled it? I don't know if you did. Don't. I, I Googled it. When I was high on drugs. Oh, okay. All right. Well. And I saw a lot of stuff I didn't want to see. We've stayed away from Google. I really, I Googled a little bit about seizures, to be honest, the next day, but I did, I have not Googled anything. I'm getting, like, more, more texts about Melissa. Everyone's We're very, very concerned Thank about you. Melissa. Thank you. I love you all. Everyone loves her. I'll we get to love that later. Uh, yes. Um, we'll get to the individual thank yous later in the episode. Yes. We'll go through everyone's name. So they told me they thought it was a glioma. And they like, said that it was a glioma, which is, like, a generic term. And they, at that time, they said they thought it was five centimeters. Mm-hmm. Um, that was basically all they could tell us. And this, and the, the ER, ER doctor was great, but she's like, I am the ER doctor. Like, I'm not a, you know, a neurospecialist. Mm-hmm. So they decided to transfer Melissa by ambulance to uh, a hospital about 45 minutes away that has, like, a really renowned... It has a level one neuro department, whereas Sherman only has a level two. Yes. So, um, and I'm very familiar with that hospital. I used to volunteer there um, in the in the pediatric department. Um, and I, it's an amazing hospital. So, um, I got an ambulance, my first ambulance trip at the age of 37. And, um, it was, they were like, the ambulance will be here at 3am. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. I mean, I was still so out of it. And I was honestly pretty out of it for a lot of my time at the hospital because, you know, they had me on a lot of stuff. You know, I started taking, I don't know, I don't remember which, I was in the hospital for five days and five nights in the neuro ICU. The last night I was able to just go to a regular room. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I started So this taking... was just like, at this point though, like, I mean, this was so shocking. Yeah. Like all this, like when they told me it was right. a mass and then it was like, I had to call my parents then and tell them what was going on. And then like, I was talking to Manny. I mean, it was just like 
it was just, I mean, it was, it's as shocking as it sounds. Like, we were just completely, like, I was like, we were playing outside earlier today. Like, I don't understand, like, how we've gone from that to this. So, it was just, it was such a whirlwind. And I, I think I finally went to bed at, like, one thirty after. So, I, I I went to the ER to bring you your stuff so mm-hmm. that you could bring it. Took it on my phone. Yeah, she, didn't, she had nothing. And, she, I mean, I brought you, like, a few things. Um, Pants that I peed in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I peed several times. Missed the bedpan. Okay, well. So, like, pretty much right away, I was on, like, bed alarm because I was, like, a fall risk. Because of the seizure. So, I was, like, I preferred to go to the bathroom, which they'd have to bring me, but sometimes they wouldn't even let me do that, so they'd bring me a bedpan, and I would just, like, completely miss. And they, like, We're left. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Whatever. I mean, who cares? <laughs> okay, so she gets to the, the new hospital, and at that, so then I'll run to, like, Wednesday morning... Or Wednesday afternoon, um, they put those like sensors on you to monitor seizure. Yeah, activity. I started wearing not. This seems like so long ago. Yeah, They're EEGs, EKGs. I had the sensors all over, all over my head, and I had no, um, nothing, no seizures, no movement, nothing. I wore them for, 20, them for twenty for twenty four hours. hours. They were a real pain in the butt because like anytime I went to the bathroom, I had to take. 12 million cords with me pretty much as soon as they took them off after the 24 hour period i started having seizures again um they i don't even know if i'd call them seizures they were tremors but it was similar seizure activity it was similar what did they call them focal seizures yeah Mm -hmm. it was similar to that thing where i felt like i was falling out of bed my left leg would kind of so because the tumor's on the right side it's affecting the left side yeah so everything is always on the, the the left side so i was just like oh my gosh like I was just wearing these damn things for 24 hours and she nothing, wanted them off so bad. I wanted them off she so bad so and then I got them off. them off and my seizures immediately started. And so they put me on a seizure drug called Keppra, which I'm still on. It's we're recording this episode Sunday night as a Friday night. I went from 1,000 milligrams twice a day to 1,250. Listen, this might, be, this might be studied. Okay, you're right. That's true. At Neural, case, at case setting number one. For future neurosurgeons, this is your guidebook. Okay. Um, right. So I'm still having episodes. Like, they're much more subtle. But I have to document all of them. I, I was calling every single time. I was calling my neuro-oncologist and reporting them every single time. Now... We're going to talk tomorrow. I had five this weekend. They're very subtle. I mean, it just, it basically feels like my, now it's at the point where it just feels like my leg is falling asleep. Um, and it lasts like five minutes, but in the hospital, they were more serious and I was a lot shakier. They're more like tremors. Okay. Tre- more tremory. Let's talk about, so initially when they were at the hospital, they were trying to decide what to do in terms of, at first they, it sounded like they were definitely going to do the biopsy and then it was kind of like, well, we're not really sure. Because her tumor is in her brain, it a biopsy is still brain surgery, so it is still a risk. Um, so it was, there was some back and forth. I, we were all like, oh my gosh, like just do the biopsy. Like we need to know what's going on. But they initially had talked about maybe even just starting like chemo radiation to see if they could shrink it. Is this true? Yes. I don't even true. know that. Uh huh. And then they also. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. They also were like, we may just do surgery to just get it out. But really, like, they needed to do the biopsy. They needed to see what they were working with. Mm-hmm. So, so like I said, she actually got to the hospital, like, Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. Yeah, I got to the hospital, like, 4 a.m. on what was Wednesday. technically Wednesday. So then 
I had my biopsy on Friday. Yeah. So basically Thursday night they did a line CAT scan. I don't know how that's different from regular There's CAT scan. There's a lot scan. of like imaging happening. They shaved parts. They put on these like, um, oh gosh, I can't remember what they were called at this point. It begins with an F. These like special little things to know like where to do the biopsy. And they shaved little point, random points all over my head. And then I went. They shaved like a a sizable no but all but no this all was not shaved the night before oh really yeah they shaved so basically the majority of the back of my head they shaved um if you look at her from the front you yeah if you look at no yeah i mean we had to cut my hair because my long hair was one glue ball it was just matted it was a giant mat that could not be removed so we just ended up cutting it but um, they cut, this all was shaved while I was in anesthesia. Like, they must have just decided, okay. like, we need to get more hair the off. It's already growing back. I know. My, I'm, I apparently yeah. have very fast growing hair. Yeah, it's already growing back in a lot. Um, so, so, so they this did, was like, they, they finally night. were like, okay, we're, we're going to do this on, on Friday. And, like, so. it sounds like I'm just talking about this casually. Like, I mean, I was in tears 90% of all of these days. This was, yeah. This I mean, was, this is horrible. This was very emotional. This was very emotional. I was alone. Nobody could come because All of COVID. I knew is that my sister had just seen me have a massive seizure and then had to like drop my body off at the ER. Your body. This <laughs> this horrible. lifeless body. I was desperately, desperately trying to come see her. It was just not happening. They knew that I had been exposed. They knew They knew that you had had COVID. They knew I'd had COVID. Um literally I had my friend forge a document that said I was negative. Well, you're going I, to didn't, I never used it. <laughs> I mean they they were pushing me back a lot, and they were like, your sister can't come. You're not supposed to have any visitors. Your sister can't come. And I was like, I don't have the fight in me to, like, fight about this. I just want to get the fuck... I'm sorry. I just want to get out of here. We can make it explicit. Pardon me. <laughs> I just want to get out of here, and I just want to, you know, just get the show on the road. So, Friday, I had my brain biopsy. Um, I feel like it was at, like, 1 they finally brought me down, and I mean... She it was amazing. Remember. It was great. It was amazing. Like, I mean, I woke up, so I was intubated. I guess that means I was on a ventilator. Yeah. So we talked for to me. the, we talked to the, the, like, PA beforehand, but because. Physician's assistant. Yeah. So because it was still brain surgery, so they obviously had to, like, you know, severely state her. So she, they had to intubate her. And we talked about just kind of, like, what, what to go over in terms of, like, repair and whatnot. Um. I mean, because they had to, like, you know... How big do you think my scar is? Like, two, three inches? Yeah, I would say maybe three at the most. Okay, so, like, they cut, like, three inches of my head, Mm -hmm. and then they drill through your skull, and then they use a hollow needle to remove some of the cells from the tumor. tumor, So they can test them, and then they... Do what? Did they put titanium back in? What'd he they said say? That, he said they put like a little like it, it's he said it's like a dime size hole that they drilled and they just put like a little metal plate like in that hole. I mean, like, that's just so, like a dime size hole for a needle sounds crazy. Well, no, I mean they need enough space. But for anyways, it. I mean, <sighs> overall the thing was a breeze. She says that getting her brain I said, biopsy. I said was... a, a brain biopsy was infinitely better than my wisdom teeth removal and a Brazilian bikini wax. So there you go. So there you go, kids. You heard it here first. <laughs> However, now I have to have a massive brain surgery. Now we got a big one coming in. Up. You know, for thirty six hours, and I'm I'm nervous. But the brain biopsy was a breeze. Honestly, like I came, I was her probably surgeon is. Really wonderful. Yeah, my surgeon, the same guy who did my brain biopsy, is doing my 
um, awake craniotomy with another surgeon. And so and they're going to like... we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let's back up a little bit. So, okay. Came so, out of the she, brain biopsy. so she had the biopsy. Um, I talked to her surgeon right after he was wonderful. He said everything went great. She was doing really great because she was in ICU. She didn't even have to go to recovery because the ICU nurses are trained to recover after surgery. So she spent one more night in ICU. I got to talk to her. Honestly, you FaceTimed me. I don't think I remember this, but you FaceTimed me like an hour after. Like you call and you were still like, it was more like her throat was like really scratchy because she had been intubated. But I mean, like she was, I don't remember she that. seemed, yeah. I feel like I was out, out it, for like a full five hours. You were, I mean, you were at this point, I talked, I talked to you like and two I was more times. Like my head, I, they, they, they had shaved a ton of my hair off during the thing. So I just woke up and like felt the back of my head and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So she FaceTimed and showed us her head at that point and I was like, looks good. Yeah. Looks great. Oh my gosh. The mat. I talked to her like a million times a day, obviously through all this, even though I couldn't be there. I was like sometimes FaceTiming with doctors, sometimes just on speaker, just like trying to figure out everything that was going on. Um, and like I said, her, her doctor was great. My neurosurgeon. Most of the nurses were great too. Yeah. Almost. They overall, I had an excellent care. Highly recommend. They got me through it. I they got you through. I mean, it was just like it I think was, Megan it was, was just a little more like very very difficult for me to not be there. It was like this whole this whole issue and situation was like just horrendous, and then not being able to be there was just like twisting the knife. So it was really again we have different perspectives on things, but it was like that like the whole time I was just like oh my god like why can't I be there. Um, so I recovered, but yeah, she recovered well. I was on Norco for like 48 hours for the pain. The pain in my throat from the intubation was much worse than the head, but it was also manageable. You know, the worst part was that they threw away my fruit. I had had <laughs> my best friend Mackenzie and, um, the people that I nannied for brought me tons of fruit and That's I did, all wasn't, she wanted was fruit. I, all I wanted was fruit and I wasn't <laughs> able to finish it the night before. So the nurse promised she would put it in this one special fridge and then the nurse that Megan doesn't like, I'm not going to say his name, he <laughs> was like, I can't find fruit. So I was eating, like, pretzels, and I'm like, I'm still pissed. Throat, I'm so... My throat! And he was, like, pouring so me trail mix. I'm like, I can't like, eat, I can't eat right this. Now. Like, I just had a t- tube in my throat for what I would say was five hours. It was probably, like, an hour and a half. I have no idea. It's probably good that I wasn't there, because I would have been, like, terms of endearment. Like, just going absolutely yeah. insane on these people. Um, I was, like, very... He was so patronizing. I didn't appreciate that. But anyway. Eventually, I mean, you know, we got through it. We got through it. And... So then, then the next day, they, they did move you to a, a room on, like, the regular floor. Yeah. Which she said she didn't like as much. Oh, yeah. The ICU is so much better. <laughs> the beds are nicer. You, you, you get, like, one nurse just for you. One An ICU nurse can only have, at least at this hospital, can't have more than two patients. So, like, I got their full attention. Care. So then, at that point now, we're, this was Sunday when you went home? I went home on Sunday. Yes. But, so, as I've stated, I live at Megan's house. Mm-hmm. I did not want to go back to Megan's because they were barely, if not... Manny was, like, literally still... just gotten better at this point. Like, he started feeling better, like... Like Saturday, Sunday. So I went to the family that I used to nanny for, who I'm very close with. I absolutely consider them. Family. They also live. They live like five minutes from the hospital. Yes. And I was like, if I had a seizure and I had to get an ambulance, they would take me back to the hospital that I was just at that knows my new medical history. And they took incredible care of me. And it was just 
a great place to recover because I was able to, like, all I wanted to do was, like, see my family and, like, hug people. Like, all I wanted to do was hug Megan. Like, knowing what she had seen. Yeah. I went over there that night. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't remember that. I was probably still really loopy. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thanks for coming over. I did go over that. I don't remember that. That night that you came home. That's okay. Did we hug it out? We hugged out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. So my mom came over a few times. My friends came over. My best friend Mackenzie cut my hair. Um, yeah, she had. She had. Then it was. You know, nice I socially distanced both... with my friends. Like if I hugged them, I wore a mask. We but they both go wore a mask. People. I could pee on my own. It's wonderful. I could sleep in a bed without being hooked up. You know, I mean, the whole time I had IVs in my arm, in my hands. I was getting blood thinner shots. I had those compression things on my calves. I had. You know, I was hooked up to everything and, you know, that sucks and you're so ready to get out. You know, you just want to leave. But I also am like, I don't want to leave if like I shouldn't leave. But they yeah. don't they don't send you home if they don't think you'll be OK. That's what I kept telling. And you. I was fine. I was like, exhausted. Like the biggest okay. side effect has been exhaustion, which I finally brain. Googled. Um, no, it's from the brain surgery, I think. I Because I finally Googled like my procedure that I'm having Tuesday and they're like by far and away the biggest side effect is, like, ex- insane exhaustion. From, like, even just the biopsy? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's technically brain surgery. No, I know. It's true. So I can't even imagine the exhaustion I'm going to feel. Your doctor said, though, that Keppra does make you tired. I mean, yeah. It also, it I mean, it's combo. crazy. It has everything. It's, like, it has weight loss and weight gain as the side effects. Well, I think it's... We haven't said the best... The good news, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll oh get to God. the good news. This is literally... We are going to... Okay, it is currently 10.07. This is going to be a long, a long one. Yeah, no, we okay. need to, like... Okay. There, hey, there's a tiny little bit of good news in this, and we are going to hang on to that. Oh, okay. my gosh. So... Actually, right. there's a lot of good news. No, there really... There's so many things that we are we are thankful for um, that we will get to. So, so she spent, like, the, the a week and a half at the family she nannies for, and they were wonderful to her. They took such good care of her. They love her. We love them. And we are very thankful for them. Um, so now we got to get to like the rough part. So this past Tuesday. Yeah. So like I would say the whole time I was in the hospital in the first few days that I was at the people I nanny for, like I was still like really, really down, like really, really stressed. And then I kind of like was like, you know what? I have to be positive. I have to be positive. And um, everyone was kind of, you know, you know, everyone like builds you up and like, she has such an amazing support. I have such an amazing, I have the best friends. I have the best family, you know, I mean this, that, that, that to me is the good. Like that is what I'm, when I say like good things have come of it, it's like, I have never felt so loved. I have never felt that like anyone would do anything for me at whether I asked or not asked, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I just feel like nothing makes you feel loved and appreciated, like getting brain cancer. (laughs) Um, so, but basically I, over like the course of like a week, I kept talking to doctors and nurses and people and they'd be like, so has your surgery been scheduled yet? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm having surgery. I don't know anything. I'm like, they haven't told me what there's really, a lot of like what this, yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of it is like people are working from home. Like administrators are working, you know, answering services and blah, 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 are working from home because of COVID. And like, you know, I mean, if, if this wasn't in the time of COVID, I'm sure things would be a little more streamlined, streamlined, direct, but you know, there's definitely been some like things have fallen through the cracks. Yeah. Things have fallen from the cracks as in the point, you know, like 
the appointment where they gave me my diagnosis and I met my neuro-oncologist over Zoom, like, they didn't even call me. I just downloaded the app, which I hadn't wanted to download the app because I was like, I don't want to see anything that I'm not ready to see. That's the other thing that about all this. I'm usually like Mrs. Google, Mrs. Wikipedia. I want to know everything about everything. I do not feel that way about this. I have already seen enough and heard enough. I don't want to see anything else. Um, I know there's a lot of good out there, but like for me, I see one bad thing and I harp on that and I can't do that with this, you know, like I, if I want to stay positive and like, you know, I mean, as I've illustrated, my mental health is very precarious and thank Jesus Christ above for the mental health drugs that I have. And that, you know, that's, that's what's keep, I mean, you know, friends, family, but my mental health drugs are keeping me going right now. Like, I mean, for, for damn sure. We got a whole system here. We have a whole system here. Um, but her mental state was just very up and down. Yeah. She'd have, like, good moments, and then she would be, like, really emotional again. It was just a lot of, like, it was, I mean, it's just, Which anyone, I mean, yeah. I don't feel like a big weirdo. Like, anyone would, no, I would tell be on her this journey all the time, like I am. Like, every time she would break down, like, she's like, I don't want to keep crying. And I'm like, you have to cry. You have to process these feelings and emotions. Because, like, if you stuff them down, like, you're not doing yourself any favors. Like, you have to, like, let yourself feel all this. Um, and, yeah, like, it's it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be pissed. It's okay to be, like, why is this happening? Like, it was, it was just a lot of, like, emotional turmoil. But, like, I really, I, I was just trying to be so optimistic. And I had, like, several days in a row where I didn't cry. And I was just, like, really optimistic. And I was like, you know what? They're going to tell me it's benign. It's going to be benign. You know? Like, I'm going to get it out. And I won't have cancer, and it's benign. Yay. We were just really praying. We were just really hoping it was benign, and we got on a Zoom call. I was with Annie, the mom that I was staying with, and Megan was uh, over FaceTime. And we found out it is not benign. It is malignant. So I do have cancer. Um, And... It was a very tough It was a very tough call. Um... Her doctor did not deliver the news. Yeah, I don't think she delivered it in a very, in a very good manner. I think she is one of those doctors who is brilliant at what she does, but doesn't, and I mean, has been confirmed by other people that she doesn't have very good bedside manner. We also think again because things kind of slipped through the cracks. I don't think that she was prepared to give Melissa like her prognosis that day. Yeah, it seemed like she thought Melissa already knew, and then she sort of it was she just definitely led with the scary stuff, which is like what you're actually not supposed to do so like i would think you aren't supposed to do it yeah she she really didn't know so that was a very very it was very very traumatic phone call um zoom session yeah you know my first i'm you know i'll say it like my first thing i was just like i'm never gonna have a baby you know and i mean truly this month i was going to start trying to have a baby yeah so we didn't even necessarily you said that a little bit but she has been like really actively working towards like being a single mother by choice. Yeah. Because... I'm single. So, you know, there's no dad, but, um, yeah, I mean, I want to have a baby. I don't really care about getting married or men. I just want to, I really want to be a mom. I really want to have a baby. I think that's, I've just the most important thing to me. And I have been taking for t- taking fertility meds. No, I have been <laughs> taking tons of vitamins, for months, which is why I think I didn't get coronavirus, even though everyone yes. else in this house did. And I have been tracking my fertility and, you know, it was going to be either like this month or next month. I was, you know, really go for it. And instead I got this news and really, she kind of presented like 
I would say worst case scenarios. Yeah, no, she, she did a really and all birth. it made me think was like, I'll never have a baby. I'm never going to be a mom. And it was crushing. And I, you know, cried harder than I probably ever cried. It was she like was those, really you know, that guttural blood curdling. That's how I was in the parking lot. And there's people like, Oh Jesus me. H it's so I terrible. Was, I was like literally like brought to my knees. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. It was, it was devastating to hear that it was malignant I still firmly believe, I've said this to you many times, I still think your baby is waiting for you one way or another. You're going to have a baby. I Thanks. have said I will be her surrogate. Or my egg donor. Or, or your egg donor. I, I, told, I, I just was volunteered like, I'll just, you to be my egg donor. No, I was like, listen, I'll just like have a baby and give it to you. Right. I just like, whatever <laughs> we have to do, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm, I still feel really, really confident that you're going to be a mom. So that's not really... That's I know it's I know it's stressful for you, but I just I know that you're gonna have a baby. Oh yeah. So um Oh yeah, so basically when I was still in the hospital, they were like my ner- the guy who did my bi- biopsy who's doing my Dr. K, um, he he's gonna do my surgery on Tuesday. He came in, he's like, you know, we're gonna do the biopsy because we don't know what it is, and then depending on what it is, you know, we might do surgery, we might do chemo and radiation, we might just leave it and scan it again in six months. So that was all I knew, except I end up having something called a functional MRI, which I feel like this is so <laughs> long, but like, this is also amazing news. Yeah, this is good news. Um, I mean, it's not, but it is. This, I went, this okay. This is like your claim to fame. So yeah, yeah, this is my claim to fame along with that one paper that got in the end. Yeah. Um, and excuse me, state of Illinois, you can still hire me at any time. I need your insurance. Um, <laughs> I need a job. So I did, I went, I went to this thing called a functional MRI. This was probably like five or six days after I got out of the hospital. It was like, right, it was like, um, it was Thursday. Right after you got out. So I got out two weeks ago today. So it was like two days after you got out? No, it was was five days. It was a Thursday. Yeah, time, time has lost all meaning. I mean, it didn't quarantine anyway, but now especially. Mm -hmm. It is June 14th. Literally. Now I know days more because I know like, okay, your surgery's on the 16th. Your follow-up appointments on the yeah, third. I guess like, that's true. and they they call me and they're like, "Okay, we have you down for this. Is that okay? Does that work?" And I'm like, "Literally, all I have to is do this. is this. <laughs> like, this is my full-time job. You guys this tell is me. my life now. Yeah. You tell me, I will be there." Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. So, what am I even talking about? My functional MRI. Yeah. So it was really cool. It was weird, but basically, during a functional MRI, you go in and they use a um this sort of reflective mirror. You know, you're in, you're in the MRI, it's very loud, um, and, you know, they have this whole thing over your face and you're very confined, but they use this mirror to reflect from a TV screen, and they asked me all these questions, and some of them were about my motor, like, I would, like, tap, what is this called, what I'm doing right now? Like, tapping your fingers together? I would tap my fingers together, like, as quickly as I could, I would wiggle my toes, but then they'd also ask me questions, like, they'd put up the letter B, and they'd say, name as many words as you can that start with a B in, you know as long as the B is held up and they'd hold up the B for 10 seconds, I'd answer the questions, but I'd answer them with my mind. And so then they could see like through my scan where it was lighting up. And so they know where all my, in my stuff, my personal brain stuff is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they know like when they go to surgery, like what to avoid. Although I, that's the other thing. I will be awake for my surgery. I will be, you know, they claim I will not remember any of it and I will not feel any pain. You will be in and out, he said. I'll so be the, in and so out. The anesthesiologist will like bring her up, bring her back down because again, they, they want to be like checking brain function as they go. It yeah. sounds insane. They don't want to like cut sense. something that they shouldn't cut. Yes. So, okay. So I had that horrible news. I would say June Wait, 9th was the worst day. Oh, <laughs> so 
my neuro-oncologist, the person with the not very good bedside manner, did deliver some really good news. She said, I had the best functional MRI they've ever seen. I mean, genius. 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 Confirmed genius. Confirmed genius. If anyone knows Melissa, she is what we like to call a know-it-all and just like a real smarty pants I, like Ross Geller, am a medical marvel. Yes. She loves to talk about like... They're going to go in there and they're going to be like, there is no tumor. (laughs) That's my mom's dream. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, so this was this was very exciting. To yeah, hear, I was like, great, finally some damn some, good news after good you know news. the whole cancer thing. Yeah, exactly. So Megan and I. So that was Tuesday. This past Tuesday, June 9th, the worst day of my life. And then June. But later that day, we kind of got good news. Like right after we talked to we talked to my surgeon's office, yes. and she. I wouldn't say good news, but they immediately. Yeah, okay, they actually, were like, no, they were like, we're say. doing your surgery in a week. What we should say is on the phone with the other doc, the doctor, or the oncologist, she was like, again, because she leads with bad news, she was like, you know, if they can only get like 10 to 20%, they're not going to do it. And was like kind of setting us Which up. Which basically like means if they're not going to do my surgery, like... It was like she was like I'm setting us up, like they weren't going to do the surgery, and then she was like, but he's confident that he can get, you know, at least like 80% of it, which come to find when we actually did the meeting with him, he thinks that he can get 90% or more. But still, it was like we were that. That was good to hear that we were like, okay, at least we have a plan. Yeah, at least I'm doing surgery. So they they told us then that she would do surgery, and then like depending on when she heals, then after start. So then while I was on that Zoom call, his office called my surgeon. I didn't answer. It went to voicemail. I called them back, and they were like, they want to do your surgery next Tuesday. I was like, so it was a week. Great, exactly. One a week, week later. later. So that so was I, really good. So that's great. I'm like, the sooner the better. You know, yeah. like let's make it happen. Let's get this thing out. Um, and then two days later. So I was still staying with the people I needed for, and then Thursday morning, just this past Thursday, I guess the 12th, 11th, Megan picked me up from their house. We went to a pre-op meeting with they let my me surgeon. Go. Megan got to come, um, and we talked to my surgeon. They they removed my staples. They said my scar was healing wonderfully. Looks good. And I mean, just like, my surgeon is both a great surgeon, as far as I can tell. What do I know? <laughs> and has great bedside manner. And Wonderful. just like a casual dude and just like he's like yeah I do this all the time he's like the guy you want cut he's like head. I'm confident I get at least 90% of this thing out he also gave us really good news too because like the oncologist said that the tumor has fingers meaning like it, it reaches into like other parts of brain tissue whereas the surgeon was like we thought that this was more intertwined with brain tissue but it's actually more just like pushing up against brain tissue so that's good because it means that like if he can get out more of it then it's just less that the chemo and radiation has to get and I am going to be positive. Yeah. And I'm confident that he is going to deliver what he said, which is that he's going to get out at least 90% of my tumor. That I mean, the fact that, like, there there's people that don't get a surgery. You know yep. what I mean? So it's like we're just – we're really thankful that she has a, a good treatment plan. And I'm having – so he and another surgeon. I'm yes. having two surgeons do my surgery – um, he says he's a little more aggressive. The other surgeon's a little more conservative. So they just make a great team together. But we were they're like... a little bit country. They're a little bit rock exactly. and roll. Exactly. Dr. K is definitely rock and roll. He's a little more rock and roll. We were like, just be aggressive. I don't even know the other guy, but I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's Can't great. wait to meet him. I'm I mean, sure Dr. I'll K's remember like him. setting up the... Or like, he's like the, the lead guy. So I think that's like the main thing. Yeah. But yeah, we actually got to like see her scans... We actually got to see the tumor. My is tumor large. is even bigger than we thought. It's yeah, seven they, centimeters. They told us it was five. It is seven centimeters. It's huge. It's very large. It's like when you see it on the scan, it is sobering. So it just it's, even more so. It's everyone like, get seems it out. to be like, "How are you? 
you as functional yeah. as you are. They're like, we can't given believe... how large your tumor is. Right. Which is why it's so crazy that she's like sitting here right now and she's like totally fine. I'm it's totally so fine. So I'm not weird. drinking a beer. We finished it. Finished so you're not. <laughs> this is the last drink. And I even asked my oncologist, I'm like, can I drink? And she's like, on paper, no. But if you have a beer or a glass of wine every now and then, you're fine. And I mean, I know I can't drink tomorrow night before my surgery. And, you know, then I'm having massive brain surgery and have to recover. So it's okay. We'll, enjoy this beer. We'll, we'll let you have a beer. We have a lot of slot going on here. A lot going on. Um, so I think that kind of gets us up to speed. Yeah. So, Megan, so now. tomorrow I have to go get my fourth COVID test. Mm-hmm. I mean, Please We're pray just crossing for me. our fingers. Well, no, to, you know, this episode probably, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll, we haven't decided when to put this out. I want to put it out Wednesday because her surgery is on Tuesday. So I want to be able to like, but give like a I'm update. not going to be able like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't decided. I'm, everything. Listen, you're in the driver's seat. I know. I'm just hanging I know. out here. I know. We'll figure you. it out. But I won't be able to give an update as to like how your surgery I just went. like, I wanted to record this now because I'm like super with it and I just I feel like Oh, the other good thing My we brain found surgery out. is going to take a lot. It's going to be 4 hours long. Yeah. I've heard I mean, you know, and I have not deep dove on it, but it's like your brain has to like regenerate yourself. Okay, so also he said this will not my surgery will not affect me cognitively. It might affect which She's a genius. Which so I make genius. Really important. Yes. Really um, my important. IQ is like 1 million. I'm just kidding. I don't even know. <laughs> Um, it will not affect me cognitively, and he said any, like, what did he say, like, my motor or spatial? He said you may have, like, some motor deficits, but with PT, he thinks they'll be fully restored. So, I mean, that was really good to hear, because I was, I was very concerned that you would have, like, some cognitive deficits and have to do, like, rehab, and, yeah, I mean, Manny's in the bathroom. (laughs) So, I mean, like, that was, that was really good to hear, because, I mean, yeah, we want you to... right come out the Ugh. same way yeah yeah okay so tomorrow i well megan's taking me in the morning i'm gonna get my covid test again and i have to get a chest x-ray apparently this is protocol for surgery according to That's this lady that i oh, like no. i it's just so insane like they gave me this like hour-long pre-op interview over the phone on saturday and they called me back like 20 minutes later and like you also need a chest x-ray and i'm like okay when what, what street is that on? Need to do a- what is that from? <laughs> Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. What street would that be on? I'm just like, can you guys like throw me a bone here? Please throw me Romy a freaking bone here. We need to pick like some funny. I would say we should watch Romeo and Michelle tomorrow night, but it's going to be Caitlin Bristow's episode of The Bachelorette okay, three hour so we'll special that. episode. Right. And obviously we're watching that. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. And I also have to take an extremely like weird silkwood shower. I had I didn't tell you this. I had to order this insane chemical antibacterial body wash. And I have to t- wash my body twice. And I'm not allowed to shave. There's all these things they want to keep me like Why so want- clean for my surgery. Because the risk of shave? risk of in- I don't know. Because I guess, I don't know. Have you cut yourself? No, maybe. The risk of infection is so high. Also, she... What street would that be on? <laughs> also, everyone go watch Follow That Bird and Romeo <laughs> and Michelle's Michelle. High School Reunion. And, also, of course, these stupid episodes of The Bachelor. She literally talks about silkwood showers. Like, yeah, I do. Like, weekly. <laughs> like, they come up all the I've, time. I have never even seen the movie Silkwood, but I know what it's about. Now, now I know what but they no, are. Tomorrow, but every time she tomorrow, says legit this... legit silkwood shower. Like... <laughs> 
I'm not looking forward to it. I, I have to do like one at night and one in the morning. I also ordered tons of Gatorade on Amazon because I have to drink a lot of Gatorade tomorrow night. For, like, hydration. Yeah. They're but, like, but specifically Gatorade? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Specifically Gatorade. It can be Gatorade Zero. Okay. So I have to drink a ton of that. And then I have to drink 10 ounces two hours before my surgery. And then I... Why are you laughing? I, they gave me this whole, whole thing. I just got the right Michelle. Yeah. I, I need you paid a whole dollar for that? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's that's our favorite movie. Yeah. It's top <laughs> All right, three. I need to stop. Okay, so I'm doing that tomorrow. Oh, yeah, so then she called me back. She's like, yeah, you need to get a chest x-ray. Stop laughing. Um, and so I have to go do that. And I don't have an appointment. I just have to, like, go into radiology and be like, what street is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm oh. What street would that be? Oh, on? my God. Did you do, like, 16 okay. pounds for your shoes? Um, <laughs> oh, you forgot to tell the best part, though. Oh. Oh. I lost 15 pounds, probably. <laughs> she I, said 10, now she's I, yeah. 15. I mean... All right, I'm lying. This isn't, like, And also, part, you know, I, I don't want to like, be like, hey, go lose weight. But no, I can afford to lose a few LBs. I'm, I just... It was just really funny, because we were at her... At her the, we went to, we went to my pre-op appointment, they're like, we have to weigh you. And I'm like, oh my god, I've been waiting about a year and a half. And I was like, can I take off my shoes? Can I take off all my clothes? Can I go poop first? And she was totally laughing. But then I saw my weight, oh, and then my weight was in kilograms, and I was like, great. But then I was like, okay, I guess I want to, like, look it up. And I looked it up, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Check me out. we, like, see her scans. Like, we have a lot of heavy information. Yeah. And the first thing she says to me is she's like, I've lost, like, 10 pounds. Yeah, I was like, but I really wow. think I probably lost, like, 15. And I really think it's because in quarantine, like, I don't go out. Like, I'm a social drinker, social eater. Yeah. Social drinker and eater. So Basically, she is, you know, just like... You know, I mean, I just, I want to be as healthy as possible for all this. Like, yes. I think I want to get, you're going to make fun of me, but I think I want to get, like, an actual juicer. No, I don't make fun of you. It's not, fun. it's not enough to just, like, drink my smoothies, but, like, you know, yeah, I'm, and I'm not even, juicing? like, I'm not even delving into radi- radiation gadget. and chemo yet because I have to do the surgery and the recovery, but, you're like... You're able to do the oral chemo, though, which everyone says is, like, more tolerable than like great typical chemo so it's good we'll do that episode will come up next week no i'm just kidding we'll do it we'll do an update i'm sure people will want to know truly like the the outpouring of support yeah not i mean like obviously all our friends and a lot of people just found out when she so i posted it because melissa decided to be brave and courageous i'm so proud of her that she was like i'm just gonna share this on social media because most of her friends knew at that point but there still were some who didn't um, and I had friends reaching out to me and just being like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. On? And I'm like, I am not telling this story. Like, I wanted to do this episode because so many people have, oh, we haven't even gotten to, like, what kind of tumor it is. And all we kind of did. Oh, we well, we'll do, we'll do, but it's more specific than that. Yeah, I know. But we can do frequently asked questions. Yeah, we um, can do FAQ. Anyways, so basically, I'm having the surgery on Tuesday, and it sounds like I'm going to be really out of it for probably a day after. So I feel like a lot of, like, Megan has a text chain of, like, a lot of friends and family, and I feel like they're all going to know how I did before I know, because I'm going to be so out of it. But whatever the outcome is, it's the outcome. I mean, it's going to be 100% of a tumor. We're just kidding. Yeah, well, It's going to be at least 90%. I have to be positive. Yeah, we're just, again, we have so, like, Melissa is relatively young, relatively good health. Like, Especially after that 15 LBs. Exactly. Losing those pounds. I mean, and even, like, the doctor at the hospital was like, imagine if you hadn't moved in with me, and, like, what would have happened if you had had that, that seizure? I mean, it was just, like, there was a lot 
there's been a lot of things that have been like things to be thankful for throughout everything. Totally. So we are, we're, we're really just thankful for everyone's support. Yeah. Like I said, I, so I posted it then also because we just really believe in the power of prayer and just healing vibes and positive vibes, no matter what you believe we're in. We're deeply religious. We're not religious at all, but we're very faithful and spiritual. I'm very faithful and I built completely believe in like the power of God and prayer and just people good, in your corner. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I wanted to share it too then because it's like, I obviously with this community, you guys are so supportive of me. Um, and it's been incredible. I've gotten so many messages from people all over the world. I, this amazing listener in Mumbai was like, I have my prayer circle praying for your sister. Like that made me feel amazing. amazing. I'm like, there's people all over the world. So that's why I wanted this episode. Obviously, I'm so thrilled to have you guys hear this story and just, like, know everything that's going on and be supportive. But, again, if we have, like, family and friends who haven't heard the full story. Oh, yeah. Most people haven't heard this deep. No. I I I was making, like, a million phone calls. But, I mean, there's just so many people to talk to. So not many people have, like, heard it firsthand. So then now we can just kind of direct them here. Um, And it will be here forever. What... What are some questions? Because we got a lot okay, of questions, so and I was like, I can't answer all these. One of the questions. questions that I know I got asked, which we kind of already went over, was like, did you have any warning signs leading up to this? Yes, those seizures. But, but we didn't again, I, I wrote them off as anxiety. Yeah. So this is Melissa okay. So said this that this too. is the whole reason I want to do this episode. If you think something is going on, even if you have medical anxiety, even if you don't want to pay for something out of pocket, go check it out. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. Yeah. I mean, I can't say what would be different, but I feel like I'd probably be in a different situation if I would have explored this when it first happened. And I can't beat myself up about it. It happened. And I really, truly thought it was my anxiety, but there's certainly, I mean, even now, like I have, you know, I have a history of regular moles and I've had many moles removed and I hate going to get my moles checked out. I hate getting them removed. I probably haven't been the dermatologist in several years, even though I'm supposed to go every two years. That's stupid. Go get your moles checked out. Now I'm go about what? Chris's vacation where she's like, Do you see okay. this mole? Yeah, it's a changing <laughs> color. I have a real painful burr on my ankle. I'll give you a whole quarter if you rub it for me. Um, okay. no, but seriously, like I hate going to the doctor. I hate She doesn't like, like medical phone bills. Calls. I she hate like, No, like... I have friends looking into insurance for me. Like I just I am well, yeah, a lazy sack work, of crap. I have fr- everyone's like, "Oh my god, you're going to look so great in wigs if you lose your hair." And I'm like, "Are you like I'm no, I'm baseball cap we have, central. We have two Halloween wigs. I'm we'll so lazy. <laughs> like there's no wigs. Like I love not doing anything. <laughs> As Maya, one of the girls I nannied for, you say, Ida, let's do this. It involves your favorite thing, sitting. Like, go. I don't like doing stuff. So, except watching Four Weddings. That's this all. Is... I watched so much Four Weddings this weekend. That's it's the good. most amazing, like, mindless show and the wedding. other in the whole four wide world. It's good. Um, no, we can't. <laughs> um, so, what? Okay, the other question, obviously, was, like, about the tumor. Yeah, so my tumor is called an astrocytoma. It is low grade with a grade, it's grade two, right? Grade two with a qualifier. I have not looked up what that means. I am not going to. I do not want people to look it up and message me. Um, I don't want people to look it up and message my sister. Um, I trust my doctors. Yeah, if you want to Google, go for it. We just don't, we just don't want to... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, 
I know what I need to know and I don't need to get any deeper than that. So yes, it's an astrocytoma, grade two with a qualifier, low grade. It is seven centimeters. It is a large tumor. Um, what else? Um, I feel like that's a lot. I mean, a lot of people are just asking like where your surgery is obviously like, it's more personal. My um, surgery is at the same hospital I was born at. Yeah. So, you know, good, good vibes. I mean, I can say what it's called. I don't think people give a crap, do they? I, oh, I don't know. Let's just like, yeah. I know. I don't, I don't need any stalkers. <sighs> She's got such, so many stalkers. Yeah. Um, but like, like how we had said too, that they're estimating about four hours. That's what I get that out questions a lot about like how long the surgery will be yeah so basically i'll go so megan will take me i still don't know what time oh we should say where it is oh it's my right i don't even know how to say the word per p-a-r-i-e-t-a-l parietal parietal it is like in the right back of my head back towards the top though that's where your scar is yeah like back towards the. yeah it's not like the back back of my head it's like near the crown Near the crown. Mm-hmm. It, like, curves over the side of my head. It looks like the shape of an egg, like, on the scan. Um, a seven centimeter I just thought, Okay, so... Um, oh, which, by the way, seven centimeters is, like, the size of, like, a cookie. Yeah. Just for a reference. Um, so I find out tomorrow what time my surgery's at. They told me last week I was the only, only surgery that these guys would be doing that day, and I'd probably be the first surgery, so I'm probably going to have to be with there really early. Um, this probably won't come out tomorrow, but I am going to like update. A lot of people said like, I want to pray when you go in. So I will be like putting on my social media and Megan might too, what time my surgery is. Megan is going to take me to the hospital and she can come into the OR with me. And I think stay maybe till I get the beginning of the anesthesia or like meet the guys. They said once you go for anesthesia, I have to go. Okay. Um, and then she has to go and then I... You know, because of COVID, I won't be able to see anyone until I'm discharged. What they what they said, I depending on how I do, I should be in there for about three to five days. And obviously, like being alone in the hospital, recovering from surgery by yourself sucks. But I already did it. You did it once. I did it once, and I did it with getting the shocking news. Like, yeah, you're not. They're not going to shock me right now. You know, yeah. unless they're like, you're going into this with a different mindset. Going into this with a different mindset and. I just feel completely different. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, like, this has changed my life. I'm yeah. still not totally, like, it's so weird. I mean. <sighs> it feels like we were, like, talking about something Yeah. Else. I mean, it, like, it, it's, like, it feels like it's you, but it also feels like for, it's not you. For the first, like, week or so, it completely, I was like, we're not talking about me. Like, this is, ta- we're talking about somebody else. Now it feels a little more real. I mean, it's all I think about, you know? I can't watch a show that's not four weddings. <laughs> Where they make four fun of, like, has like a... especially the old episodes of Four Weddings, like, 2009 wedding dresses. I'm just like, oh, God, this is the greatest show I ever. I it in so long. I I, it, it is the best show to watch it. with a new brain cancer diagnosis. Um, it's, yeah. And also, yes, I make fun of, I mean, you know, I just... Oh, yeah, humor, now, okay? now... Basically, she... the Roseanne... Oh, God, not the Roseanne. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, Very problematic. Not Roseanne. No, we are... Who's not problem? I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? 
Um, no, she does make jokes all the time. Like, she'll be like, um, I need you to get this for me. I have brain cancer. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I am not changing this okay. baby's diaper. I have, I have brain, brain cancer. cancer. Oh, so she is back at my house now. She's yeah, I'm back at Megan's. I... And these kids don't really care that she has brain cancer. Yeah, they are no, a great distraction. They do not care. They want their my, cookies. My niece, though, was like, you can't go back to the hospital. I need you. And I'm like, we will FaceTime a million times we a day. We did FaceTime a million times yeah. a day when you were there before. Um, these kids are a wonderful distraction from just life in general. Um, and they they love, we call her Ida. They love Ida so, so very much. What else have um, people asked? I, I, that's, those are like the main things that I've gotten. I don't know if you have any other questions. Um, <laughs> what you're trying to say. Um, <laughs> we're having like internal dialogue right now. Um, people are asking about if Melissa's going to set up a GoFundMe. Um, I have been trying to convince her to do that. She has been a little bit hesitant. Yeah, I think they're weird. Um, but I'm like, okay, listen. I was very, I was like, Megan like brought it up to me and I was like, no, no way. No, no, no way. But so many people have brought it up to me and have like offered to start one that I've like come around to it because I'm kind of like. Everyone, when she first posted on social media like that day, I got like. 10 messages from our close friends being like, what is the situation? Are we going to do a go for Like, everybody wants to help. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, listen, not, not nothing against, like, your bird's broken leg, but, like... People put, my do, thing is, like, serious people, business. People do GoFundMes for a lot of stuff, my but thing this is, is serious a real business, thing. So, and one of my friends today was like, listen, especially during COVID, like, people can't do as much for you as they would want to and like if and you know i the wor- the worst thing in my opinion would be if people felt obligated to give me money and i don't want anyone to feel any sort of obligation but i guess my friend is going to set up a gofundme for me it feels weird to even talk about this but it is weird but i mean like people do people do want to help and mm. um again i mean yeah i think i think you see gofundmes for like a lot of different reasons but i i mean there's also people like in legit situations that, you know, really, really do need help. So, and yeah. I think mine is pretty legit. I think it's pretty legit too. This is too legit to quit. Too legit. So we're working on getting that set up. I will share a link when that's all. But like ready to go. Don't do anything. Please pray for me or send me good thoughts. Yes. At, at this point, we are we are just asking for all the good vibes, prayers, whatever it is that you believe. If you will just send Melissa all those healing vibes. Um, but if you are able to, and you would like to donate financially, we won't say no. We won't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at now. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have surgery on Tuesday and I'll be in the hospital for several days. And then I'm anticipating coming back to Megan's and recuperating here. You know, these kids are just very relaxing. They're so healing. They promote the relaxing vibes that a brain Logan surgery patient needs. in your ear is exactly what you need to recover from brain surgery. <laughs> the, guy, the kid that wakes up at 5 o'clock in the morning. He's got a lot to and say. And then I um, I'm going to start radiation and then I guess chemo after. 
we don't know when I believe my doctor, I was like, well, can you give me a time frame? Like, he's like, well, it depends on how long it takes you to heal from the surgery. I'm like, okay, so like a month. And he's like, yeah, probably like a month. You're, but the oncologist said a couple weeks. So I think it really just depends on how long. It's not, I mean, yeah. I mean, I had some people mention to me, like, you know, you want to have a baby, like, can you freeze your eggs between, um, I think that's not, no, I mean, it's just like, I don't think the timing will work. We got like, enough on our plates. I, I know. I mean, I would, you know, we, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, we're going to get you a baby. That sounds like you're going to like kidnap a baby. <laughs> we're not going to kidnap anyone's babies. We're going to, we're going to, what is that from? I have no idea. Um, you bought my baby. That's from friends. Oh yeah. My boss wants to buy my baby. My boss wants yeah. to buy my baby. I'm not going to buy anyone's baby. I'm not going to kidnap Zellner. a baby. I will, I will have a baby for you, though. That, that will be just fine. Has there I ever said, been a more personal, and I'm not, like, a personal, am I? Yeah, but, well, yeah, I think you are kind of an overshare. But I think, I think sometimes, like, stuff like this, it's, like, you cannot help but be, like, right. okay, this is, like, my, this, this is my yeah. whole podcast. I mean, like, it was this weird, like, like, only on, like, Thursday? Thursday is when I, like, post about on social media. Mostly because I have a lot of friends, and... A lot. Before that, she did not want a word. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't this. want anyone to say anything on social media. Um, I wanted to be the one to post about it. But I do have. I have so many friends and good friends who I hadn't told because you know I just hadn't. I, I can only talk about this so much, which is why I want to do this episode. I don't want. There's so much information here, and won't. I don't want to tell this story five million times. I mean, talking about the seizure is like the most traumatic part for me. I'm just like Megan like, and I are so close, and like the fact that she had to see me in that setting and then not see me again for several days is like breaks was, my like, whole really heart awful. into a million pieces. I'm honestly kind of just like I told you this, like even after we got the news about it being malignant, like I I do sort of just feel like numbed everything right now. I'm like like going through the motions of it. I lost my mind that day when you actually had the seizure, um, and I've I've cried a few times about it since, but I'm just like I. I don't. I really don't even know. I'm I'm in like fight or flight mode. I think right now, and I'm just like fight because I just need to like. And I mean, we just you know we have going forward. Like this is a huge thing, but you know we have other stuff going on too. Life life still happens. Life still happens. These kids still need their popcorn. Yeah, their juice, their jerky water, bars. their jerky bars. You know. Um. But I think that is everything we want to talk about today. No, there's more. No, I'm there's just kidding. More. I'm totally joking. Um, <laughs> you I want to do their song? That's oh yeah. <laughs> she always wants to do more songs. If anyone wants me to sing, give this please. girl a mic. She's I ready should. To go. I should like auction off. Like you know, how people do cameos. I'll do like. I don't even know what I'm saying. Nobody okay, wants well, any of that. This we're gonna wrap this up. Living um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're like family or friend just tuning in for this, thanks for listening. If you are a listener to this podcast, these last several weeks have really gone a different way than I had imagined them to. But this is life, and we have to roll with the punches. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly never ever expected to be in this position. You know, three weeks ago, when sister of a brain tumor person. I mean, the sister of a brain tumor person. Sister of a brain tumor um, girl. But, again, it's like we're just... Everyone keeps saying, like, how are you doing? How are you doing? I mean, obviously, after they asked about Melissa, because she's, like, number one. Um, and I just keep saying, like, I'm okay, because I just truly feel in my soul that you're going to be all right. And that's, like... Great. Whether that's denial or whatever you want to call it, I don't really care. Well, I don't want you to say it's denial. No, I'm just saying, like, if people... Because I think maybe... You said that, like... Her post that she put up was, like, really, really positive, and she's like, I think people, like, think I'm, like, too positive or something. And I'm like, no, like, this is just No, I mean, are. I have to be positive. I, I mean, and... I'm just gonna say it. The only people that say weird shit about this is men. 
haven't even told you all the weird comments I've gotten from She's dudes. gotten... I told her, I was like, whatever you say in your post, make it more clear than you are even... Like, I always say, like, if, you, if you're going to say something, make it so clear. Because people will misconstrue And I things. said, I only want... I don't want... I don't want anyone to message me negative things. I don't want me- people to message me negative it's facts. It's just wanted to be like, oh, my, my friend died of a brain tumor. It's like, no, 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 I'm no, no, not, no, no. I am We're not, not going in there. denial about what is happening there. with me we at know. all. We know. But I, but there is a lot of positive, and I'm focusing on the positive. I am, My head is not in the sand. I am very well aware of, you know, it's been made very clear to me, a lot of statistics. But... Being negative and focusing on the negative helps help zero. So I am being positive. I will yes. say that men have made some very questionable comments to me about my situation. And I'm just like, swim single. That damn patriarchy. That damn patriarchy. Well, the, I'm sure the men who are listening right now are all supportive and wonderful. Thanks. And we Love you guys. You. <laughs> and my brother has been a wonderful. We and the dads I nanny for. There, I mean, you know. There's a lot of good guys out there. There's there's some great guys. Yeah. There's some not so great guys. You know, it's just people are people. They're not even, they're not even bad people. I'm just like. In general, dude, I mean, everyone, thing to anyone say. who listens to this show normally and has a child with autism know that people say some yeah, weird shit. Okay. Sure. So that's like not even, I've heard some weird sure. stuff. So they understand that completely. Um, yeah, that's what like, I just told her. I'm like, just whatever it is you want to say, say it as clear as you possibly can because people are going to misconstrue it. Um, okay, I think we really have. Okay, ever. I mean, anyone who sent me like prayers, good wishes, sent Megan. We are so from the bottom so of grateful. my heart. Thank you so much. So grateful. I, I appreciate it more than I can tell you. I cling to those things. Um, my friend was telling me today she like watched this documentary and it was like the people who have support systems during these kinds of things are the ones who who make it who make it and yeah. pull out ahead. 100%. And um, I have an incredible support system. And a wonderful village. medical team and a wonderful, and a wonderful medical team. treatment plan. Like, we are... And great insurance. Just kidding. Not, not great insurance. But, you know, that's okay. That's okay. But we have we have many things to be thankful for, and that is what we're focusing on, and just, like, getting to the other side of this. Like, we are going to We will be singing you another song. Yes, we will. Soon. And we know you can't wait. And, um, you know, send us song requests. Yeah, if you have a song request. Melissa's what did mom want us to like sing? Karaoke podcast. I don't even know. My mom had a lot of requests. Okay, this is going to cut us so off soon. Long. This, this is, is a long perfect episode. perfect timing. All right. Thank you, everyone, thank you. so much for listening. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Do you want to share where people can, can find you if they want to, like, connect Yeah, with I mean, you? if you want to, um, on Instagram, my username is thezill, T-H-E-Z-I-L-L. It's my high school nickname. You can also just, you know, find me on Megan's thing. And then I'm Megan, like, I don't know, on Facebook, how do you find me? Melissa Mitchell. I don't know. I'm just saying, because if people want to, like, follow along... She she honestly doesn't post very much. Maybe she'll post some updates now. Yeah, I'll probably post updates. I will, um, I will keep I'm everyone I'm way more updated. into, like, Instagram stories. I haven't been lately, but um, Megan is a good... Yeah, I mean, Megan Megan talks... Like, my surgeon will call Megan as soon as my surgery is over. Let her know how it went. Um, so, yeah, I mean, seriously, people are going to find out how it went before I do. 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 You do do. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to wrap this right, up. We're, we're pretty silly. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Again, really appreciate we just appreciate it. your everyone's support, prayers, well wishes, everything. Keep them coming. We need them. And yes, I will keep everybody posted. And I love this woman right here. And I told her this many, many times. Like, there's no universe where I'm going to live without her. So there's just no... 
that's just all we're going on. She is going to be here for an well, extremely long time. Mom's going to like lose her mind to hear that. That's the truth. Thanks. Then that's why, like I said, like I'm okay because I just there's it's not even a thought to me that you're just going to get through it. So many people so. have been like, "You're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby." I'm like, "Cool. I'm holding you to that." Yeah. Like, I'm holding you to that. People so. are off also offering to babysit my kids. Oh, this my time, God. And I'm, they have I'm absolutely. Holding, I'm holding them to they that. They <laughs> will like If you've offered fire. to babysit, I'm cashing in. So just you wait. Okay. okay thank you, everyone, thank for listening. Thank you. I love you all. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Again, whether you are, you know, a friend or family member who was coming to get some updates and check in. Thank you if you are a regular listener to this podcast and you just wanted to hear this story. Thank you so much, everybody. We just, we truly appreciate your love and support so, so much. So please do keep those prayers coming. Like I said at the start of the show, Melissa's surgery was a success and we are so happy and relieved to hear that. Um, but we still have a ways to go before she is, you know, out of the woods. So we are remaining very hopeful and optimistic and we have every reason to be that way. So we are just, we're ready to do this. <laughs> um, she was awesome today. She was in really good spirits up until she went into surgery. And like we had said in this episode, I got to, to go with her and I was able to stay with her until she went back for anesthesia. And it was tough to leave her, but it was better leaving her today, uh, in the hands of these amazing doctors and surgeons than just a few weeks ago when I had to drop her off at the ER unconscious after her seizure. So we are just very thankful that we are, we are climbing up the mountain. So that is all for now. And just remember, if you would like to contribute to her GoFundMe, I will have that link on my social media. So please do find me on Facebook. It's Adventures in Autism Podcast. On Instagram, it's Adventures in Autism Pod. Or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com love hearing from you guys, especially about this. If you have, you know, prayers, well wishes, positive vibes, you can send them my way or to my sister at the Zill. Um, but any that you guys send to me, I always end up sharing with her. So again, thank you so, so much for listening and please do just keep Melissa in, in your thoughts and prayers. And like I said, you know, if you feel, feel so inclined to, to donate to her GoFundMe, that would be amazing too. But that is all for now. And until next time, take care.